And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. <clears throat> now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child, which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? 
peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city, wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked that be far from thee? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure, there shall lack five of the fifty righteous, Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again, and said, Peradventure there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for the forty's sake. And he said unto him, O oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will go, I will not do it. If I find thirty there. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, O oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. sins for we have forgiven our debtors have us pray in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen reading the entire chapter chapter 18 genesis There is a magnificent amount of foreshadows throughout chapter 18 and chapter 19, but we're just going to do 18. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of my favorite foreshadows is verse 5 and 6. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent. And 
he has Sarah prepare three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the earth. So she kneads it with her hands and really makes them a fresh morsel. And this is a foreshadow of the Sabbath when people take the sacrament. And it's a very awesome connection to the New Testament. And he says, I can make you bread. And when it is handled by myself, when I handle it and, and bless this bread, because now Abraham possesses the priesthood. If you don't understand that, how could Abraham possibly possess the priest, the, pre, the priesthood? It's from when he was blessed by Melchizedek, and he inherited it, and even inherited Melchizedek as a representative now. And Melchizedek had to go on, because once you interact with someone who is clearly a ruler and servant for the Most High God, you become aware of something and spiritually it's immediately charged to your account not credited and so you now charge to your account an awareness of the existence of the most high god once you have it in you that they are a servant slash ruler on his behalf you're now dealing with proof There are so many versions of the proof. Versions and versions. You can find evidence of his existence all over the place. Watch people. Watch how they behave. Listen to stories from... Don't, don't block out the good stories and don't block out the bad stories. Take in as many as you can and as many as are needed for you to have an understanding that there is evidence that scripture is... A translator to tell you and me and everyone else that they are fortunate saved sinners <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> excuse me the many foreshadows in 18 are given to us as a type of mercy and uh, even a warning of forbearance can be to a place where he even forbears you all the way into a snare. He's welcoming you to whatever fate you want. If you want to have a fate and if you don't want to have a fate, he can do that for anybody. And the foreshadow here is that there is nourishment in the Most High, there's fortune, necessary, needed to say mercy there are instructions on how to live there are instructions on how to die 
I really enjoy this one. And I will fetch a morsel of bread. Abraham gets the credit because he knows that he's blessing that bread and giving it to people as a type of sacrament, sacrament for Christ. And it's one of those things to put faith in that Abraham knew the Christ spirit and was performing priesthood functionality. Some people would really struggle to believe that. And for others, plenty of people in places like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, for example, there are many there that can believe on this stuff quickly, even. And there are people in a Jewish type of priesthood that are able to hear the same stuff, the same message, and begin and even strongly believe upon the name Jesus Christ. And it requires simply, merely, a mustard seed of faith. And you will be able to move mountainous hearts on behalf of Jesus Christ in his timing. As we study a huge, important, vital visceral place to be is reading all of the Holy Bible. You need to read Genesis. You need to read the New Testament. There are New Testaments. There's the New Testament found within the Holy Bible and there is the Book of Mormon, a New Testament as well. Because it is another testament of Jesus Christ. Isaiah is a very important book to read from. And we will read from there. And we will have an extreme amount of humilities and gravities to walk from. Uh, here's a lighter gravity. I love how it says here, and he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. That's recipe instructions. Butter, milk, a little flour, right? We've got, you have three cakes here, kneaded, freshly made, all the things that it takes to make a cake. Quick cakes. And cakes in that really, it meant, uh, you know, a nutritional roll. It wasn't like a three-layer triple chocolate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sarah made a fine, tasty meal here. And their hearts were comforted because they said, do it. So do, is what they actually said. And they said, so do. And do you think Abraham missed no, he had himself, Sarah, who was a one flesh with him. That's literally Abraham gets the credit because he's one flesh with her. So this priest, Abraham, who is a servant lord, is having 
his hands work quickly, and he has hands on his homestead, many hands that help him. He gives us recipe instructions. We can now know that you can take butter and milk and prepare and cook food. Breads can handle this in recipe. Calf can handle this in recipe. It's just another blessing I wanted to point out. It's a gravity that I walk in, a humility I walk in that we were given. Eventually, people would mix butter and milk and calf and, and cakes together and find out, you know, that it's tasty because scripture says it's one of those things that is comfort ye your hearts. So we are to eat and we are to drink and we are to be merry. Comfort ye your hearts in such manner that is good for you. There is government for good reason, but you are not to be controlled by a government. Government is decidedly supposed to be in our favor. For it is not dressed in pants and shirt and underwear and everything else that the government needs without us. So that's how that works. It's important to emphasize the necessity that we have government. There are foolish, reckless, hateful people that believe there should be no government. These people should be watched even more closely because some of them claim to be friends. Government's necessary. When you hear people say that the government attacks people, these are people that are worried. They are wary and they are weary. And they assume themselves at the ready but if they take not their rest and they do not yield up fruits worthy of repentance by resting and praising the Lord for the Sabbath day, which he made man on, then they are not at the ready. One of the reasons why I know we cannot blame government is because the government is run by public and private citizens. In fact, that is public and private citizens that dress it up with a badge and guns and men with their hands on those guns through the little metal loop or loopless area where the trigger is. So, that being said, armies of men have the fury of God upon them and then these men go into battle and sometimes these men have responsible leaders sometimes they have irresponsible leaders that don't warn them up front that well we have the fury of God upon us because we are an army Sincerely, the fury of God is upon us. I am not lying. This is what they should say to them. That way they can walk in their gravity if they actually want to go to the slaughterhouse.
Do you really want this for yourself? That's what they should be saying to them, to prepare them for the truth and the knowledge of the truth. That being said, I will do that for them then, since they seem to be so gung-ho, so gun, give me the gun, that's not healthy, and therefore fury. Some of those that so willfully go into the slaughterhouse, have Jesus Christ still with them in their hearts to some capacity knowing that he is sovereign and some of those slaughterhouses have saved sinners and some of those slaughterhouses have deviant intentions deviance at heart And as long as we prepare war for them instead of holy war, the desire for bloodshed continues. So I am here to assist with people that have a desire for bloodshed because I understand how to overcome it. And the father of Abraham is even better. So it's best that you go with God and not men. Even men like me, there are greater names. There is the greatest name, the name of names in the name Jesus. Jesus has us studying right now about four shadows. If you're following along with me at the reverse river current. Merely little pebble at the lake has something to say. People listen sometimes. Some people listen closely. Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. That's a foreshadow. Verse 1 through 8. Abraham gets the credit and does all of this stuff. And then the visitors, the three men, say, Where is Sarah thy wife? That's peculiar. It's a foreshadow. Your wife is very important to this. Be careful with her. 
realize you make mistakes, recover quickly. In fact, your wife is so essential to the friends that you have because she has helped keep them a little more tuned and glued into all of this. And some of those wives did that in a really goodly way. And then there's some of you are still struggling with the fact that you go into a relationship with forbearance, not with happy fun time at heart. Because forbearance is key to getting access to the forgiving part of that person. And then there's the forgiveness that they may accomplish if you continue with forbearance and forgiving. And then after all of the forbearance, which is a access code to be forgiving and to be forgiven, even more so, gets you to forgiveness. And if he sees forgiveness with you, he applies mercy. That's what that's the big one. That's the end game here. If you're looking up field, like you should be, mercy, the big M. Verse 9 is a foreshadow then about your wife. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. Let her help you understand that. And hearken, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. The manner of women, let her tell you about that too, if that's the relationship you have. Don't yuck someone's yuck don't yuck someone's yum you can yum someone's yum and you can yum someone's yuck moving forward if I need to explain the manner of women or the time of life I don't know if I'm going to be upset but I will be surprised A lot of information on this. Okay. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also? Laughed within herself. Ordinarily, that's not a problem. This time it was. Why? Why are your emotions? That seems to be, that's a sacred place, isn't it? You're right. And therefore, it's not a problem for men it's, well, it could be. I guess it could be. You know what? He can ordain anything if it's necessary. So you know what? Let's be careful. He'll ordain what's necessary to be talked about and what's actually happening. What I tell you, she laughed within herself and it was a scoff type. It wasn't an honorable laugh. She was brought to contempt just like we can read about in Scripture. All the honorable shall be brought to contempt. A little parting gift from the Most High.
can learn about that in Isaiah. If you will leave the Pentateuch for a few of your precious moments, you will find in Isaiah very special information. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? So it was a problem. Where would that come from? Why is she laughing? Is she saying that I can't do this? That it isn't supposed to come to pass? What is she saying? Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Saying, surely, or shall I of a surety bear a child, which am old? Well, miss, ma'am, whatever I shall call her, and any other woman that needs this type of direction, you're not the only one travailing, nor prevailing. And there is a comforter more with you and with you more than you can realize. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. If that was loud, too loud, I do apologize, but let me say this. There was the Lord telling Abraham of a truth, what just happened. And then, Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. Let's not mock that, and let's not cultivate it, because we really are cultivating one fear, fear of the Lord. It's his treasure. Read about it in Isaiah. before I get to it with you. Nay, but thou didst laugh. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. Foreshadow, Sodom. Idolatrous lands, Tyr, Sodom, Gomorrah, these places that have a cry about them, about how special they are and how they deserve more attention, especially if they're foolish enough to be crying out to, they need more attention from the gods, quote, at large, unquote. But when they're crying out and saying they're special and they also are saying they're so special but they seem to be needing so much so much more than what they have it seems that the excess they have isn't enough excess and they just they demand and command and require and need and want and desire all of this and if they're so special wouldn't it be provided them if they were so special maybe they're not so special maybe they think themselves something when they're nothing idolatrous lands and they get wiped out exceedingly 
these many things that come to pass that seem like God is being rough or doing an injustice or his judgment might be flawed. Chapter 18 is a foreshadow that even people that believe on Jesus' name, people that are like Abraham, learning to be faithful and good servants, they sometimes have questions to ask and wonder, ponder whether or not what has happened is good. And we can really get a piece of mind here that even a believer, an interactor with the Most High God, sometimes wants to ask questions and be clued in and become aware, even have knowledge of good and evil. This comes to pass, and he foresees this. There's a lot of foreshadows here. Abraham's a lord as far as Sarah is concerned, and yet she lies when he says to her that the laughing is an issue. So... That was a thing. She denied it. And there are consequences for lying, because denying some truth because you are uncomfortable, that hesitation has consequences. So it's quick to recover that we should choose. So let us be quick to recover when we error, as long as you keep pursuing having the spirit of error either worked out of you or remaining to be worked out of you. The spirit of error is provided by being in and of the world, and if you get out of that way, you can be a fool that doesn't err. The Lord decides to let Abraham know about some of the framed evil that the Lord has welcomed to be framed against idolaters, sorcerers, adulterers. And if they are unrepentant, he allows that framed evil to come to pass and it's a just thing, there's justice and good judgment. The Holy Father, the true living God, is good to us, giving us his subjects, members of his court, the space and time to ask questions and be taught what justice and good judgment is when even when it comes to pass and at first we believe think feel see it to be not a good but if it seems good to the holy father 
those are those areas where if it seems good, how is the creation going to know that it is good when what is good we question? And this is like unto if we cannot believe the writings of Moses, how are we going to believe the words of Jesus? simple and there's yes and there's no and if we won't believe the words of Moses the writings of Moses we are not going to believe the words of Jesus there are many foreshadows Sarah has a foreshadow where she is representing many women many women have doubts and she has a doubt here about something faithful. They've been being led for a while now. And it seemed like Sarah was being faithful quite a bit. She's over here getting renamed. She's over here being patient, letting the Lord and Abraham teach her and tell her of what she'll be doing. Sometimes she tried to have the Lord choose between Abraham and Sarah and Abraham was wise to tell her that that won't be how it goes and so Sarah makes mistakes at times in a way she errs but she doesn't err because there was a classroom for her as well where she was safe to be a fool that doesn't err and we need we need classrooms where we can be a fool and not error. And people can be patient and prudent and courageous to wait, charitable with time and wait on the students. And while you're waiting, you can be working. You don't have to be staring at a student that's going through getting understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. You can continue to work carefully, subtly, while others do the work that they can do. Abraham too, foreshadow. Fast forward. <clears throat> Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Why would Abraham say something incorrect and assume? He's assuming that the Holy Father is going to destroy righteous people at Sodom and Gomorrah. And he is wrong. He's incorrect. So if that, how is he a fool that doesn't err when it seems like he made an error? And he's assuming that the Holy Father has bad judgment and the justice is incorrectly being performed, therefore not swift justice and poor judgment. But Abraham has space and time to be taught that the Lord does not miss. So, how? Can Abraham be a fool that doesn't err 
and we should be attracted to be seed of Abraham. He asks questions. Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Colon, will thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? Now, instead of assuming that he's a error maker, maybe we can put on the spiritual man and be patient with patience. We're all in the need healing places. Even healing, knowledge is a power. And if you are lacking some of your power, you're probably getting yourself hurt a little bit. And you need healed with knowledge, with understanding, with wisdom. Even if you don't have an ailment, so to speak, physically, mentally, emotionally. Well, your ailment might be lack of understanding or lack of knowledge or lack of great knowledge. Come and see. Be thou whole, clean and healed. Abraham's being hopeful. He's not being an error maker here. He's just being hopeful. And he really believes maybe there could be someone who changes and maybe he's just stalling. Maybe he knows, like maybe if he just stalls for a little bit, asks a few questions and he just hopes that maybe there's somebody who gets out of the city and changes and repents and doesn't, you know, continue to be needing to be destroyed. Nobody should continue to be needing to be destroyed. Just quit doing what you're doing and repent. Learn what repentance means, and you can't do that without taking your rest. So you need to take your rest. And then you'll yield up the fruits worthy of repentance. Skipped forward still, and we see all of this. Abraham is just saying to him, there must be 50. That be far from thee to do after this manner. Because he's saying you can't be slaying the righteous with the, with the wicked. So th that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. So Abraham's teaching us right now. He's saying you would never slay the righteous with the wicked and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, the wicked, be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. That right there, we should stop traffic. Government is not entirely being comprised of just public and private citizens. The government is also comprised of the Most High God, which is why we need government because he's in there. Sometimes government is the base thing of this world. Sometimes government is what people say, get rid of it entirely. It's nothing, lose it. It's nothing but an old jacket that needs to be taken off and thrown away. Well, that immediately makes government a base thing when someone says that as a true statement of themselves or as a people, 
say that government is nothing, well, that makes it a base thing. And now the Lord goes to base things. And so therefore, the Lord be in government. Schooled, lawyered, however you want to look at it. That's what just happened. Abraham is going down the list of likelihood, probability, possibility, and probability. He's saying it's possible. Isn't it probable that an entire city could have righteous groups, a righteous group or multiple small righteous groups, and the Lord is going down saying, nope, there's not 50, not 45, not 30, not There's just not in this city. There's none righteous. He would have spared it. There wasn't 20. There wasn't 10. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. That means he understood and he no longer attempted to salvage it. Maybe part of the reason why he wanted it salvaged and said there has to be 50, there must be 10, is because he knew Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah and maybe Abraham was hoping for something to happen where he would say Lot surely is righteous still. And, and needs to and needs to be saved. He's a hopeful, faithful, loving type, and Abraham's looking out for Lot here as well, and Lot's wife, and their children. But he's not about to go into the, after he's made it very clear to Abraham he didn't keep the plan from him. Now let's go backwards. We fast forwarded. Let's come back. And the men rose up from thence. And looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. So that means Abraham was like, I'm going to lead you. Verse 16 is huge. It's a foreshadow as well. It's something that we cannot do. All of us, not one of us is capable of doing this, and Abraham couldn't either. In number 16, people might read that and go, all right, that's not that integral to the story. It's a verse. It's an entire verse, verse 16. Every verse means something very important. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way, to bring them on the way. That part of verse 16 says that nobody can lead someone to the Father and nobody can lead someone to the Jesus Christ. The Holy Father leads people to Jesus, and Jesus leads people, individuals, to the Holy Father. Because the Lord is not a respecter of persons, and every individual you see is a city of people because they have what they have. And you can come to put the spiritual man on and learn that every individual is 
a city, and therefore the Lord says you have to come as you are. You have to be an individual. You cannot try to get someone else's salvation piggybacked onto your own. So, there is no room for the spirit of air. There is no room for swine. Legion is swine. Repentance is the way. And this is something performed by the Most High. He performs it. All of those that escape out of Zion, the Lord of hosts shall perform it. Abraham went with them to bring them on the way, and the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. That's a question mark. It's a big one. Should I hide it from him? He already is going to be blessed because of because because of him the nations are all going to be blessed so no he will reveal it to him he reveals to him he shows him for i know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the lord to do justice and judgment that the lord may bring upon abraham that which he hath spoken of him and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. He understands. Abraham has an understanding with the Holy Father. And he understands that this means that you've made war, holy war, against Sodom and Gomorrah. Surely there is someone righteous there. And so he tries to petition on behalf of people that he doesn't know very well. He just assumes there's got to be someone you're not accounting for. And the reason why he would assume this is if somebody is telling Abraham Sodom and Gomorrah is a pretty grand place. And you know what? That upsets the Most High. Because somebody's interacting with an adulterer's group at Sodom and Gomorrah, which is essentially the entire place because the whole place gets wiped out because no one that was good should be there when the Lord wipes it out or else they weren't good because he does not miss. Somebody was teaching Abraham bad stuff, trying to give him dead bread and bad water, and the Lord intervened. None of that goes into Abraham's system. Abraham chose, and no one's going to trick him into taking a shoe latchet or a lace. This is a special man, which is why the promise was made to Abraham, because the Lord sees
He knows. He may not see right now. Abraham stepped into the light. Therefore, the Lord can say such things like, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. For I know him. That's a special title. For I know him. That is a very special title. And for another time. As for now, let me reveal something different. He says, if he does not know, I will know. Because it says here in verse 21, I will know, which implies he doesn't know everything all at once, nor does he need to, because the I am will know. And if he wills to know something, is there anybody that's going to stop his interrogation? Nay, no. Because he has, in scripture, the ultimate translator. And it is what we need, scripture, to translate that we need him. And if you think you don't need them, it's because you're out of sound doctrine and you need to get into sound doctrine. Tell your friends about me. And I can help them get there. But I'll never lead them to Jesus, nor to the Holy Father. Foreshadow. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as that is in heaven. Give us this day our bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Forgive us our sins, for we have forgiven our debtors. Have us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.